Thank you for listening to the Lake Murray Baptist Church podcast. Lake Murray Baptist Church is a Southern Baptist church located in Lexington, South Carolina. My name is David Sons, and I serve as the family and discipleship pastor here at the church, as well as the host of this podcast. Our hope is that this podcast would be a resource for our members who are seeking to live out their faith in Jesus Christ in their everyday lives. We want to use this platform to exalt Jesus and equip the members of Lake Murray to be the church where they live, work, and play. Welcome to this episode of the Lake Murray Baptist Church Podcast. Thanks for listening. We were thankful to have as our guest this week, Dr. Russell Moore from the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission of the Southern Baptist Convention. Most of our conversation centers around his book, The Storm-Tossed Family, but we'll touch on a number of important topics throughout the pod. There's a lot of great content in this interview, and we've divided the podcast into two episodes, the first of which you'll hear today, and the second we'll post on Thursday. I hope that you'll be encouraged by Dr. Moore, and that if you haven't already, you'll pick up a copy of his book, The Storm-Tossed Family. After you listen to this episode, be sure to subscribe to our podcast. When you subscribe, you'll be notified whenever a new episode is posted. You can also go back and search the podcast archive. We've had some great interviews in the past few weeks with folks like Don Whitney, Chuck Lawless, and Jay Hardwick. You can help us by sharing the link for our podcast with your friends and family on social media or by rating the podcast on iTunes. We hope that you enjoy this interview with Dr. Russell Moore. Welcome to this episode of the Lake Murray Baptist Church Podcast. Thanks for listening. Our guest today is Dr. Russell Moore. Dr. Moore is a preacher, a professor, and the president of the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission of the Southern Baptist Convention. He is the author of a number of books, including Adopted for Life, Tempted and Tried, Onward, and the book we'll spend most of our time discussing today, The Storm-Tossed Family, How the Cross Reshapes the Home. Dr. Moore has long been one of the voices I respect the most on matters of Christianity and culture, and it's a joy to have him on the podcast. Dr. Moore, thanks for joining us. Oh, good to be with you. Thanks for having me. Dr. Moore, one of the things you've been posting recently, we were talking about this just a few minutes ago, on your Instagram page and on your website is something that you're calling Reading in Exile. And you're taking a different topic or author from your library and kind of offering your thoughts on reading that person or that genre. I found it really helpful and interesting. And and last week, you talked about writing your most recent book, The Storm-Tossed Family, and what inspired you to do so. So as we begin, maybe would you share with our listeners what led you to write a book about the family? Well, I think part of it had to do with the fact that so many of the conversations I was having with people, people coming in and and seeking counsel, had to do with something related to family, whether it was uh, someone who is saying, I just, um, no matter what I do, uh, my parents aren't pleased with me. Uh, A lot of people in that situation, including uh, one person who's a whose parents were gone, uh, had, had been dead for years, but still kind of found herself sort of performing for their approval and didn't feel like she could get it all the way over to, to marriage situations and uh, sexuality uh, issues and uh, matters with parenting or elderly, uh, dealing with elderly parents, all of those sorts of questions. And they all seem to have a common thread to them, which was a sense that people felt as though if they were really doing the Christian life right, that that part of their life should be calm. Mm. Uh, And and I think that some of that was because they misunderstood um, or, or the church, we miscommunicated 
uh, what it means to follow Christ in a way that says, if you do this, this, and this, then you're going to have a really tranquil uh, sort of home life in a way that just isn't the case. And then the other reason was in, in my own situation, I remember uh, years ago having an issue that had come up uh, when our, our boys, uh, we adopted our first two boys from a Russian orphanage and we adopted two at once. uh, And, it was really hard, but it, it was kind of like uh, my grandmother used to talk about uh, growing up in Mississippi in the Depression when she would say we were poor, but we didn't know we were poor. It right. was hard, but we didn't know any different. We just yeah. thought this was parenting. Uh, but it was always really helpful for me when I would talk to somebody who had been in the same situation or a similar situation to say, uh, this is expected. Uh, not, not that, uh, not that this is this is easy or this is nothing, but this is expected. That was something that I think Jesus was doing when he said uh, to his disciples. If you look in, for instance, John fourteen through sixteen, he keeps saying, "These are some of the things that are going to happen to you." Uh, I'm telling you ahead of time, so that when they happen, you won't feel like you've been abandoned. Yes. Uh, so I think that that's a really important part of family. So that's that's really why I wrote it. I think one of the misconceptions of the book, if you were to just to look at the cover or the title, is that this is a book for parents or for married couples. But as you've just mentioned, this this is really a book for every one of us, right? Because all of us, for better or for worse, have been shaped significantly by our families. Uh, at the Absolutely. beginning of the book, you write that the title of this book comes from a song that you hate. And I found this kind of humorous and helpful uh, as you explained what led you to the title. And so why did you choose the, the title, The Storm-Tossed Family? And how does the concept of a storm relate to our families? Well, actually, uh, I don't think I went into this in the book, but the uh, the title of it, I, I talked about being storm tossed uh, in there at one point, but the title of it was originally the nail scarred family. And, uh, and it was drawing from that same song, put your hand in the nail scarred hand. And, uh, and so I was, uh, th- that was the original title of it. But the more that I worked on it, uh, actually, it was the artist who was working on the cover who kept coming back to this imagery. Uh, and I, I just sort of took that as, well, well maybe, uh, maybe, uh, maybe that's the title that, yeah. uh, that it should be. Uh, so that's really how that came part came about. But I mean, the, the, the hymnody is uh, talking about your, your storm tossed life. Mm. And, um, and I think that there are a lot of people who ultimately, when it comes to family, feel as though they're storm-tossed uh, because they, if, if you think about even what that imagery means, you feel like you can't stand up. Mm. Uh, and so whether that is, I mean, even just this week, talking to a woman who was saying uh, that she's having to go to the nursing home, she can't go in to speak to her mother, but she can stand outside the glass and speak to her then, but she, mm-hmm. she can't explain to her why she can't go in. I mean, that leaves you really w- with a lack of equilibrium. You just don't know if you can stand up. And as you mentioned, uh, this is, you're right. Typically when we think of family, we think of, 
you know, sometimes we will have uh, programs in churches and we'll say, well, it's for families. And what we mean by that is married people with children, typically. Certainly, but right. everybody is affected. Even uh, I knew someone one time who uh, did not know who his biological father or mother were, had never been really adopted. It had just been through a series of institutions and foster care homes, knew nobody that he was related to. But family was really central to his issues because of the absence there. So mm. he, he was um, constantly trying to work through, well, what happened? Who is my mom and dad? And who am I? And, and uh, what, what, what does all of that mean? So it, it affects everybody in ways that we can see and in ways we can't see. Yeah, I think you're exactly right on the thought of when we think about uh, family in the way it's been addressed in the church, or, or even sometimes I think mistakenly about the way the Bible addresses a family. We're tempted to think more about family values than we yeah. are about the cross of Christ. And in the book, you write, the Bible says much about our family, but it does not do so from the warmth of the hearth, but from the place of the skull. And so how does the cross help to shape our perspective of family? Well, I think there are a couple of ways. I mean, one of those ways is Jesus tells us, uh, whoever would follow me must take up his cross and do so. And uh, I think sometimes we as Christians, we can understand that in terms of our lives personally, but sometimes I don't think we realize that applies to our lives as families as well. We're, we're carrying the cross and, and sacrificing ourselves uh, there as well. And then secondly, because if you look at what's actually happening at the cross, the cross is a family crisis because uh, you have a, an entire family dynamic at work there at the cross where Jesus is not alone. His mother is there. And if you think about what the, the message that was given to Mary uh, by the prophet Simeon when she took Jesus in to, be, uh, to, to his dedication to the temple— and Simeon says, he will be a sign to be opposed and will cause the rising and falling of many in Israel. And a heart will, and a sword will pierce your heart as well. Well, that's exactly what's happening. She's watching her son uh, being, uh, being ripped apart uh, mm -hmm. on the cross. And Jesus there is turning and, and doing something that is really impressive to me because he says to John, this is your mother. And he says to Mary, this is your son. I think mm -hmm. what Jesus is doing there, among many other things, is he is simultaneously affirming the importance of family. Uh, he's taking care of his mother. Right. So he's already talked to the, the Pharisees uh, in saying, you know, you claim to be so obedient to the law, but you're not taking care of your own parents. Uh, he's doing that. He's, he's fulfilling the law in, in honoring father and mother and caring for Mary uh, in her, uh, in, in for the rest of her life. Sure. And he also is, is knocking down the idol of the family because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's this uh, the sort of Darwinian sense that blood is, is what makes family so that familial affection and care is all about protecting your DNA. No, he's right. creating a new family. They're saying, this is your mother and this is your son, which is exactly what he does with the spirit when he brings the church together and he says, you're brothers and sisters to one another. Hmm. 
Uh, so I think that, that that's what's happening at the cross. He's doing, he's doing both of those things. And I think they're both important because we have a tendency to do one or the other. Hmm. So there are some people who uh, family is, is the most important thing to them, either, either getting it, you know, uh, having this sense of I've got to be married or I've got to have children or I've got to have uh, children who do this, this and this, uh, or in terms of sort of projecting through the family a sense of winning and displaying yeah. uh, in a way that that is ultimately destructive or uh, people who diminish uh, responsibilities in terms of the family and and want to just simply uh, and not to learn in the crucible of family what it means to be self-sacrificial. So he does both of those things uh, at the cross. I, I think that we see that particularly at the cross. And I think the cross really is is Jesus's culmination there of his teaching on the family throughout his ministry. And, and I think in popular culture, yeah. there's been this emphasis on the idea of family first, right? I think about this through... Uh, several different movies. You think about the Godfather movies, or you think about more recently this uh, the yeah. Fast and the Furious franchise, right? This idea, this high mm-hmm. emphasis on the fact that nothing and no one is to take priority over the family. And I yeah. think in recent years, we've seen that mentality begin to creep into the church. And so yeah. we've begun to see these kind of family priorities set themselves up and against kingdom priorities. And we can think about numerous ways that this plays out in our local context. But obviously the family is an important part of the kingdom, but to prioritize the family over the kingdom leads to real consequences. And so could you maybe help us, what does Jesus teach about family and how can his teaching help us to keep family in the proper place? Well, I think one of the reasons, there are a couple of reasons why that's happened. Uh, One of those things is because, um, you have looking around and seeing a lot of family destruction and family breakdown and seeing what happens there. There's a sense in which the church is, um, we're wanting to speak to the outside world and say, it doesn't have to be this way. There's a better way to go. And that's a, that's a good and biblical impulse there. Uh, But also because uh, there are a lot of people who come to the church They're not thinking about uh, what would I say to God if I were to stand before him in judgment. They've they've sort of, that's that's in everybody's heart, but it's often suppressed. Right. They're not thinking about how do I make sense of Romans 4 in light of James 2. Yes. But they are thinking through uh, what can I do to have a happy marriage or what can I do when I'm at wit's end with my kids? And so sometimes the church in speaking to those felt needs has emphasized that for obvious reasons, maybe over where we ought to. When I say that family can't be first, what I'm saying is that if you put family first, you lose family. Mm -hmm. In the same way that Jesus says, if you love your life, you lose it. But mm-hmm. if you, you hate your life for my sake, you gain it. And, and that's exactly what he's talking about when he's talking about family. So you will have Jesus saying things that sound like they're contradictory, uh, saying, you know, you, you must honor father and mother or 
later on through the spirit, Jesus is speaking through the apostle Paul and saying, husbands, love your wives and fathers don't exasperate your children and children obey your parents, all of those sorts of things. And then Jesus will also turn around and say, unless you hate father and mother for my sake, uh, you're not worthy to be my disciple. You say, how do those two things fit together? Well, they actually do fit together because the, the people who, who put family ultimate over everything else, ultimately then are not able to love their families. Mm. And so mm. you look at that in terms of even, um, when you talk to people who, you look at the, how the marriage rate has decreased and cohabitation rates increased in American culture. Well, I noticed years ago when I would start talking to people who were living together outside of marriage, couples living together outside of marriage, and just said, why? What I was expecting was to hear some sort of kind of 1960s sort of, we don't need a sheet of paper to tell us. But You can't I rarely, tell us what to do. Yeah. 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 I rarely ever heard that. Uh, instead, I didn't hear any dismissals of marriage. Instead, what I most often would hear is this super idealized view of marriage mm. where you would have people say, oh, marriage is so important. We do not want to go through the possibility of divorce. And that means we have to wait until we are completely ready to make sure that there's no risk at all to the marriage in order to, uh, in order to get married. Well, so, so they've got this idealized view of marriage that means that they can't actually uh, receive the blessing of marriage. And the same thing with uh, parents who, if your children are everything to you, and, and we see a lot of people who are that way. I mean, e- either uh, you, know, you can see that if you're, if you're on a little league field and you see the dad who his son on the field is his whole life in terms of living out the life he maybe didn't live or, or, or maybe wishes he were still living or the kind of stereotypical stage mom, uh, th- those sorts of things who are living through their children they're not actually able to love their children in terms of who their children are. Mm. But if you put things in the right order and you, you seek first the kingdom of God, Jesus says, then all of these things are added to you and you're actually then able to love. So you can, you can say then, um, my marriage doesn't have to, this person doesn't have to meet all of my deepest hope and expectations so that I turn her or him into something that person uh, isn't. I can instead actually love this person right. and, and to say, if my marriage isn't exactly what I thought it would be because you know the husband lost his job or the wife gets cancer or there's, there's a rocky time that goes through, your whole life isn't destroyed by that mm-hmm. because- mm-hmm. Your life is defined by the kingdom of God. And if your child is a prodigal, uh, you're going to be hurt by that. But you're not going to have your entire uh, reason and meaning for being uh, dependent upon that, which then leads people to sort of resent their children for not being who they wanted them to be. And you can instead have the freedom to love your children for who they are. Call them toward, uh, toward what Jesus would have them to be but not because they're part of your image. 
but just because you love them, want the best for them. Yeah. It reminds me of that uh, C.S. Lewis quote where he says, when I've learned to love God more than my earthly dearest, I will love my earthly dearest more than I do now. Yeah. Right. That kind of idea of family, when Christ becomes ultimate, it frees us then to really love our families. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. And a special thank you to you, the members of Lake Mary Baptist Church, and to all of our listeners. Remember, this podcast and the other ministries of Lake Mary Baptist Church are brought to you by the generous tithes and offerings of our church membership. To give to the ministries of Lake Mary Baptist Church, you can follow the link in the description. For more information about Lake Mary Baptist Church, you can always visit our church website, www.lakemurraybc.org. Remember to subscribe to this podcast. By subscribing, you'll be notified whenever a new pod is posted. We hope that you'll join us again next time as we seek to live in light of the gospel in the places where God has placed us for his glory, our joy, and others' good.